humans have been enjoying wine for 8,000 years or more. And there's never been entry exams, literacy tests, diplomas, or membership fees. You can go as far or deep as you want, or just take it all in and find your happy place. That being said, we like to spend our week looking for things that we can share with you in this space and time. We'll give you food for thought, ideas for adventures, and most weeks, tips, pointers, and insights that you can use the minute the program ends. Wine has always united us. It still does. And we've never needed that more. So climb aboard. There is no time like the present to get your adventure started. So here's your host, the doctor of deliciousness, the chairman of the Bordeaux, the top gun of wine fun, David Wilson. There are very few things in life that genuinely live up to the hype that surrounds them. After having done this gig for more than a decade and a half, if there's anything I've come to expect, it's that reality is something that, at times, is best viewed through a hyperbolic lens. As objective as we journalists like to think we are, it's difficult to resist the temptation to tweak, spin, and brighten things up a little. After all, what harm is there in turning up the volume a bit? applying a little touch of polish, and giving folks something extra to get excited about. The good news is, there have been plenty of times when I've actually found myself at a loss to find words that fully convey just how truly spectacular reality really is. And that's never been more true than the past couple of weeks, as I've taken a deep dive into the culinary genius of Rosholi and its extraordinary family of food and wine-related enterprises. From the oldest continuously operating Roman bakery to Remesso Rascioli, a stunning combination of casual elegance and mystifyingly fine dining that patrons will gladly wait months on a reservation list to experience at least once in a lifetime. We are at Remesso Rascioli. We're with Lindsay Gabbard, who is, you know, one of the team here, but I guess I should repeat the fact that she's an Americano. And they don't say gringo here, right? No. No, okay. (laughs) But anyway, you landed here quite a few years ago now, and they pulled the boat up and they made you get off the boat, and here you are, and you've been here ever since. Having the time of your life, yes? More or less. I mean, it's been a wild ride, to say the least, but overall, it's completely worth it. You know, I know that you had a personal relationship that sort of brought you into this, but It takes a certain type of personality to work in the food and wine industry. It's not for everybody. And yeah, there are a lot of people who run restaurants and wine bars and that sort of thing. But having run a wine bar for 10 years, which is relatively easy at the end, you know, it just was driving me crazy. It's hard work. Our job is to second guess and anticipate that you're going to enjoy the experience that we're going to give you. And if we're wrong, it feels terrible, doesn't it? Yeah. Luckily, we have so many wines open that usually we can let guests try things before they actually commit to a glass. So we're lucky to have usually about 60, sometimes up to 60 wines by the glass that they can try. We don't let it turn into a free tasting per se. But yeah, no, it's for us. You use Corvins? We do. Okay, you do. Yeah. That changed everything, didn't it? Completely. Yeah. Yeah. We do a high-end tasting called Taste the Legends where they'll taste 15 wines. And sometimes there are even some French wines included, but high-end, sometimes vintage wines from Italy, Barolo and such, that they would never have that opportunity to taste those wines, 15 of them in the same seating. Yeah, it was a real game changer. We've had Greg Lembrick on who invented the product. By the way, do you know the story behind it? I read it a long time ago. His wife got pregnant. Okay. 
It was his. I mean, it made that sound strange. But they drank wine together all the time. And when she became pregnant, he didn't want to waste the wine and she wasn't going to drink the wine. So he was like a guy who created medical instruments. Medic, I remember that part. With pregnant wife. We make the game changer device of the century. But it's great because it really gives people the opportunity to be able to taste more wines than we would have been able to do before. But I think that's fantastic. Okay, my question, I'm going to resurface in a moment and I have lots of places to choose from. For the most decadent experience that I can have, let's just say I'm from the States and live in the States, and I'm going to go back to the States, and I'm going to talk about this experience. What should I do? What's the best way to experience these businesses? Without trying to tap or pat ourselves too much on the back. And no, pat yourself on the back. If I have to be honest, during COVID, I lived at our Rosholi locations. I still think some of the best coffee we have is at Rosholi Cafe. You can go then for lunchtime and go have the pizza al taglio at Choli Forno. For dinner, you can either visit, if you're more of a wino, I might say that we're better at Rimesa Rosholi. Or if you're a little bit more focused on the kitchen dishes, Salumerit Rosholi is probably slightly more focused on the kitchen element, but okay. they have an absolutely incredible wine mm. list and program as well. But I mean, you can do almost 24 hours of eating at the different Rosholi locations. So, when somebody, <laughs> so there are lots of people who are going to come here mm. because they listen to the show. They're going to come here and they're going to ask somebody in a position of authority or who seems to be in a position of authority what to do. Where do we take them at that point? Like I said, beyond our locations, I have friends that visit all the time and they ask me, the worst question I get is, which restaurants are good in Rome? And you would think, of course, we're in the middle of Rome. There should be a million options. But unfortunately, that's not the case that there are so many places that also have quality wine and food in the same location where there's a quality yeah, wine list that's yeah. not just focused on the commercial stuff. So Retro Bottega does a nice job. Who are some of my other favorites? This is where I really run into problems every single time. I eat at my own restaurant all the time. That's what you should do. <laughs> I guess my question really is somebody comes here and they're going to stop at one of your locations mm -hmm. here, all within uh, yeah, a we're stone's all within throw a, of, uh, of one another. I was going to say spitting distance, but then I thought... The problem thought, is, that, like you said, it's a labyrinth. To get around to our locations, we right. have to do a video for people to walk because they would go to Salumidia accidentally and they would need to find our location. And we'd have to literally say, here's a YouTube video you can follow or here's a map because it's 200 meters, but there's seven turns that you have to make in that 200 meters. So they are all very close. Is that right? No, for sure. Wow. And the thing that I don't understand about this location, and you can explain it to me, is it's part of the whole Rome labyrinth kind of thing, is that I don't know why the people are here. There's like this, this side, the sidewalks and little streets, walking streets, basically. And there's lots of people here and they're happy and they're eating gelato and ice cream cones and they're eating pizza. But why did they come here? I don't understand. It's not like the Colosseum isn't right just there. Why are they here? At but they are Risholi, here. No, if at Remessa yeah. Risholi, we're not on a main street. So people who come here usually have heard from word of mouth from a friend's experience or they've done some good research. A lot right. of obviously bloggers have, important bloggers have written about us. And so people, we are a destination that they know about. They don't just stumble upon us, which is actually right. a really good thing because the clients we have are great. They're interested. They're curious. Uh, they already know a certain level of things to expect with us. So we are lucky that we don't just get just mass tourism that stops in and has no appreciation for artisan wine and for high quality ingredients and things like this that are going to cost a little bit more. But even, of course, the prices in Italy are so much cheaper compared to the rest of the world. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. That's the other thing is that when you come to Italy, if you live here, you're going to immediately realize that it's so much cheaper to live here than the States, especially if you come from California or an expensive state like that. 
you come here, you can afford to eat at the finest places in all of Italy. And even those on their own are not expensive, but you've already saved so much. That's what I think is so brilliant about this country is that you can live really wonderfully for very little money here. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on what your priorities are. If you're a person that wants to go to shopping malls, you're not going to have a lot of fun here. But if you're a person that can appreciate everyday beauty and simple things like great food, great conversation, great wine, yeah, then this place has everything you need. Yeah. Yeah. But you and I really agree on the storytelling part of this business. And I think it's one of the things that I love to do is I love to throw dinner parties and I find it, at least for me, I want to talk about every dish that's on the table and I want to talk about the ingredients and I want to talk about why things were made the way that they were made. I just feel it's important to talk through the food. And you've got these little wonderful little grandmas here in Italy that are making pastas that are just incredibly out of this world. And you don't ever get a lesson really in what it is that's on the plate and how it became what it is. Because it's a plate of art is what it is. So I think it's just the storytelling to me is so incredibly important to wine and art. And I think that the best wine bars are the ones who are hand selling the wine. You agree? Yeah, absolutely. What percentage of wines that you sell in your shops are hand sell wines? And what I mean by that, by the way, for people who are listening is that I hand it to you and I talk about it and I tell 95%. you this. 95%. 95%. 95%. It's rare that someone comes in and says, can I see your wine list to pick out what I want? Very rare. Or if we don't personally have, they'll come to our wine tasting dinner and taste the wines. And from that experience, they'll understand what they preferred and they'll make the order. But of course, that was not just tasting the wine. It was also hearing the story behind the wines. Honestly, Lindsay, I can't think of any product where the story behind the product is so incredibly important. Yet when you consider how many hundreds of millions of bottles of wine are sold each year without any regard whatsoever to the mesmerizing backstories, it's criminal that so much of the wine enjoyment experience just evaporates into thin air. Thank goodness for the Lindsay Gabbards of the world who give wine a voice, who help great wines tell their stories. And that, my friends, is what enables us to enjoy our wine drinking experience to the fullest potential. We are at Ramessa Rascioli in the heart of Rome, and I am so grateful to have one of the most brilliant, captivating, and deeply committed food and wine experts in Italy show us around this uber-iconic cluster of deliciousness. We will continue this amazing discussion with Rascioli's very own Lindsay Gabbard when we return with more Grape Encounters. At every family gathering, my brother Steve and I each bring several bottles of wines and try to one-up each other. I bring wines from all over. Steve only brings wines from California's Mendocino wine country, where he's lived for decades. And even though there are hundreds of great wineries there he can choose from, he mostly brings wines from the Graziano family of wines. Now you'd think you'd see a lot of duplicates from past gatherings since most producers only make 6 to 12 wines, but Graziano has 5 brands that make literally dozens, upwards of 30 mostly Italian varietals, and all rock stars. Made by the real rock star, Greg Graziano. You can hear my recent interview with Greg at GrapeEncounters.com and you can find Graziano wines all over America or buy them online at GrazianoFamilyOfWines.com. I've never confessed how much I love Graziano wines to my brother, and uh, let's keep it that way. 
For the past year and a half, I've been surrounded by awesome Italian wines. But if you want to experience Italy's finest, you don't even have to leave your neighborhood, thanks to Total Wine & More. Just arriving straight from Tuscany, they've got the new St. Giorgio wines from the remarkable Castellani family. For 120 years, the Castellanis have been dedicated to the craft of traditional Italian winemaking, producing top-quality wines at incredible values, like the Vino Nobile with a 96-point rating. It does not disappoint. And with bottles starting at just $9.99 and more varietals with near-perfect scores, we can all enjoy Italy's best for much less. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine & More. And drink responsibly. Be 21. We are back with more Grape Encounters, kind of weaving our way through the Rosholi labyrinth of food and wine establishments that reflect the absolute highest standard of excellence in one of the single most important gastronomical sanctuaries in the world, Rome, Italy. I call it a sanctuary because you'll find people like Lindsay and her team going to the ends of the earth to nurture and safeguard a food and wine community like no other. At places like Remessa Rascioli, the finest details matter, which is why you can come for a visit every two or five or ten years and enjoy traditional and legendary dishes prepared to the most exacting standards. The purity of ingredients, the disdain for shortcuts and compromises, the marriage of tradition and invention. People don't come here to merely eat and drink. They come here to live, to learn, to escape the ordinary and experience extraordinary. From the smallest bites to the grandest displays of gastronomical and winemaking exceptionalism. I'm here with Lindsay Gabbard. And like me, she's American-born, but established permanent roots here almost instantly when she discovered the profound connection between history, culture, and cuisine. Lindsay, let me ask you this. How much of an influence does history have on the wines you showcase in your restaurants, cafe, and wine bar? Actually, I can guarantee you that it's an influence, uh, what they end up purchasing, because all of our wines that we do some kind of custom winemaker collaborations where we'll make an exclusive label for our wine club. And when we talk about what inspired us to get to that point with the winemaker, yeah. some of them are having discovered a third century winery with Amphora still completely viewable because that one, that particular story was on Mount Vesuvius, where it was covered over by the 472 eruption. And they found it only in like 1990. They discovered it technically a little bit sooner, but 1996. Uh -huh. And so when you start to tell these stories and show pictures of that winery that was almost 2000 years old, people get moved by that. I mean, I think the wine's beautiful, but at the same time, too, I think it's enhanced by the story behind it. So here we're going to just take a little side trip here for a moment. When you were first drinking wines... Mm -hmm. What were you drinking? U.S., of course. I probably started with Moscato because I call that the gateway wine because it's the closest thing to Sprite that we were sure, right. <laughs> when we're young. And then it evolved. My mom drinks a lot of sparkling wines, champagne, but cheap stuff, of course, nothing fancy. And yeah. so I started with a lot of sparkling wines, usually probably more local ones just because that's what's cheaper and easier when you're younger. And then it evolved to going to places like Napa Valley and trying new wines and falling in love with when you taste wine at a winery. You have a story there. You have a memory there. Yeah. And so wines that become attached with memories become the wines that are more interesting because you have a story to share about. But I drank a lot of European wines when I moved to Santa Barbara. Of course, Brian McClintock had Les Marchands, which was more focused yeah. on the old world wines, although he had a lot of local Santa Barbara wines, too. So I drank um, at that point, I was drinking a lot of French, a lot of Italian, a few Spanish. 
and of course some local wines from Santa Barbara. And then of course moving over to Italy, I pretty much now am predominant French and Italian. So when it comes to Italian, can you give me three or four favorite varietals that this you This is the worst question. I know ever. it's listen, this is not meant to be what is your At favorite least you wine. Say three or four. I know, and I <laughs> chastise people for asking the same question. But what I was really trying to get to was you have this group of wines that you were drinking when you were in the States. You come here. Is there a particular style of winemaking that you're drawn to? If no, the answer is like no, that's wine. fine. I like good wine. Okay. I don't care what color it is. It can be green, blue, white, red, rosé. It does not matter to me. If it's a good artisan wine that expresses a territory, that's all I care about. I don't want it covered over with chemicals and pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and you right. name it. I like wines that express the true terroir of the region. If I have to list off some grapes... One of the most unique grapes that I've ever come across is Schiopettino, which is not really commonly found because very few really make it because it yields really low. And so, of course, it's expensive and it's not easy for winemakers to make. But there's a particular one that we use in our tasting dinner that literally no matter who they are, no matter what their palate is, you give this wine to people and you say, connect this wine to a memory. And I hear the most beautiful stories from how uniquely spicy and people, everyone says anything from, it reminds them of Christmas. It reminds them of camping in the outdoors with their friends. It reminds people of flipping through books, old books in like an old library. What is it about? What is it about the wine that evokes these memories? It's just a very complex wine when it goes, and it's a particular winemaker that, that makes it, that his is more unique than anybody's, but he makes 7,000 bottles a year for, and people, once they taste this. Will I be able to taste that today? I'll ask. All right. I have it. <laughs> I'm really curious. You don't have a lot of it, but I'll ask. All right. We're at Ramesa Rasholi. We are very close to lunchtime. <laughs> and what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend some more time here. I'm going to eat some things and drink some things, and then I'm going to do more talking about what the experience was really like. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's what I guess we're going to do. For people who want more information about Rosholi, where do they go? We have a variety of sites. The main umbrella site you could go to is rosholi.com, which is R-O-S-C-I-O-L-I, because that's a confusing one for most to pronounce. (laughs) And then, of course, all of our sites, we have remessarosholi.com, rosholiwineclub.com, com, antigoforno.com. So there are a variety of different sites that you can go to, but you'll find all of those on under the okay. umbrella of Rosholi. I sure appreciate you having me here today. It's really been nice talking to you. And we're going to now break with you and then tell us who's coming in next because you've got another heavy hitter from the company coming. Yeah, Tommaso from Rosholi Cafe is coming. He is, of course, Italian, so you will get all the other side of the story that I can't necessarily tell you the from Italian the Italian side. perspective. Y- yeah, exactly. okay. But uh, yeah, he's one of the ones who I actually that I, I, I met him yesterday. We had a chance mm-hmm. to talk, so I'm looking forward to spending more time with him. But he said, we cannot do this until after a certain hour because th- that guy is really hopping over there. Yeah, Rosholi is a busy place, so even yeah. if I were in the warehouse, we're not in our own location because we're busy from... 10 a.m. till 12 p.m., or excuse me, 12 midnight, the place is just constantly hot. Is that right? And you're busy at, say, 11 o'clock at night? People are still finishing dinners. Yeah, Italians eat late. So, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. They'll sometimes come in around 9, 30, 10. Why, by the way? Why do they eat late? Because, I don't know, they they work a little bit later. They do the aperitivo first, and then uh, dinner... Starts when it starts to actually get dark outside and you don't want to be enjoying the golden hour of the beautiful yeah, sunsets of Rome. It's crazy. It's just that that's been the hardest thing I think to get used to living here is eating so late. Because in the States, we're told don't eat too late because it's really unhealthy. 
But the Italians, all these are things are, I'm, for lack of a better way, word, I won't y- say the You word. know what the word is. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Let's just say that we have probably consumed a bit too much of the Kool Aid. And it really is, life is very different here. And I'm not trying to sell people on to, to moving to Italy, but I will just tell you that they seem to be having more fun in a lot of respects. Yeah, yeah. We definitely know how to take every simple, everyday pleasures and make them a very enjoyable experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, Lindsay, I appreciate talking to you. And, um, we ain't done, so we'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. If you love watching those talent shows on TV as much as I do, you know that each time a competitor takes the stage, they're expected to outdo their last performance. And that's probably why Total Wine & More is such an impossible act to follow. I can't possibly count the number of times that I've been blown away by the incredible selection of truly exceptional wines that they're able to sell at savings that should be impossible, but they constantly outdo themselves. So when I learned that the new St. Giorgio Tuscan wines from the legendary Castellani family are available at Total Wine for as little as $9.99, I had to give you the 411. The Castellanis have been producing premium quality, traditional Italian wines for 120 years. And these St. Giorgio wines are getting amazing scores, like the 96-point Vino Nobile and Chianti Classico Reserva. Even living in Italy, there's no way I could find deals like these. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. And drink responsibly. Be 21. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. At Bar Dog, we believe that every dog deserves a life of unconditional love. That's why we've teamed up with Pet Finder Foundation to establish the Bar Dog Operations Grant Money from this grant goes to rescue shelters across North America and helps save animals awaiting their forever homes. Visit bardogwine.com to find a bottle near you and help Bardog give back. Bardog. Wine for humans. Love for dogs. We're back with more Grape Encounters. Did you know that there are approximately 600 grapes in every glass of wine and about 3,000 in every bottle? And remember that breakfast cereal commercial that claimed there were two scoops of raisins in every package of their Brand Flakes product? It's a good thing most people don't drink wine for breakfast because the potential to have more than your fair daily share of grapes is definitely there. Thank goodness farmers grow more grapes than any other fruit 
That grape's groovy. Okay, so I was telling you about this experience that I had at the Rosholi Cafe, and it was really mind-blowing for a couple of reasons. First of all, it wasn't just mind-blowing, it was diet-blowing, because I've been so good on my diet until I walked into that place, and these guys decided that they were just gonna sabotage my diet by putting out so many tasty treats in front of me. This is not on the Weight Watchers plan, for sure. But I've got one of the people here who is responsible for that, and he has been with Rosholi's organization for a really long time, and it is Tomas Borgi. Hello, everybody. And Tomas, you are, what now, 20 years at this company? Uh, 20 years from uh, from the business and not 20 years in the company, but uh, working since 2015 with Rosholi brand, actually. It's a pretty long time. Yeah. Yeah. You love it? I love it. I love it. Yes. But you're going to be passing the baton, as we say. You're going to be moving into your own thing soon. But you've managed the cafe now. I'm actually managing the cafe, yes, yes. So you were there yesterday when I was there. And I think we had fun yesterday. Yes, I did. (laughs) And who also had fun was the pigeons in the park. Because I went to go sit in the park next door. And I was, first of all, there was a guy there. I've never seen anything like this. He had, you know, one of those really large pizzas that restaurants make. It's like enough to feed 10 people. Okay. He had one of those and it was folded in half and in half and in half again. It was like about, I don't know how many meters. Four slices. Four four slices (laughs) thick. He ate that whole thing. Like it was a giant pizza sandwich. It was crazy. (laughs) Anyway, he was feeding the pigeons a little bit. So I remembered that I had taken some bread with me. Yes. And I actually started to eat some of the bread because I wanted to make the pigeons jealous. Except the bread wasn't as good. After a half an hour, it loses that crunchy. Exactly. You got to eat it now. Isn't that, that's sort of a human thing is that we just, we want to save everything and then we just blow it. With wine, that's a great example. Somebody gives you a special bottle of wine. Exactly. And you say, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. You save it till it's dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yes, I know. What it, so tell me what happens when people want to take, like they want to take home the basket of bread on the table. Do you tell them that yeah, of course. It, that's the, not going to taste so good? That's every day in our place. Every day? They, yeah, almost every day because they they didn't expect the amount of the food that we gave in our yeah. portion. Yeah, so yeah, I get that. They always say, no, yeah, it's too much for us. We are full. We cannot throw away these beautiful things. And so we package it for them and in our Rosholi bags. I'm going to bet you that's mostly Americans doing yeah, that. Yeah. Am I right? That. Yeah, exactly. Americans exactly. can't stand to waste things because things in America are so expensive. I know. So even though you come here and you don't pay nearly as much money, it's you're not going to exactly. You're not going to throw that bread exactly. away. What do you do with the bread that people don't? Do you, do you have a way to recycle it? With the bread, no. You just throw it no, away. We just throw it away. Of How about course. those pigeons? How about those pigeons over in the park? Yeah, but the pigeon can be uh, can be a problem sometimes because they are too much and they can come <laughs> right. when people are having some lunch because they are pickling from the floor all the 
little soft uh, campus. I did an experiment. Okay, I know this has nothing to do with the cafe, but it does. I did an experiment and I took a big, like almost a whole piece of bread and just put that down for the pigeons to they see what to do, would happen. We didn't suggest to the customer who doesn't do that because to not incentive them with things. But here's what I learned. I was watching the pigeons and I, I know this sounds crazy, okay? But I realized that the pigeons started acting like human beings. Yeah. When you give them a big piece of bread, it was like they acted like they were either like a billionaire <laughs> or like they had won the lottery, right? Yes. Because the pigeons, they started to get you. If you gave them a big piece of bread, guess what? They started to get mean. Let's get out of here. This is my bread. That's my bread. And they start beating up on the other yeah. pigeons, right? Exactly. And it's, see, and they can't deal with the big piece of bread because they can't hold it down and pull a little piece off. If they work together, hey, Joe, you know, you hold this end and Bill, you hold this in here and then we'll all take a little piece. It would have worked out good for them. Exactly. But, but they got like greedy human beings. Exactly. Ah, we can learn from pigeons, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about what we can learn from COVID. Right. Because you were here during the COVID thing, right? That was a terrible time. I know. You were open the whole time? No, definitely, we were open only for delivery. Only for... Okay, home, delivery. Yeah, okay. home delivery. Yeah. And after that first COVID, the second one, we were open with just for service outdoor. Which is, outdoor which service is what they were doing or, all around the world, basically. Yeah, exactly. Or take away. So there was a thing, phenomenon in America that I think happened here in Italy as well, which is that yeah, of course it was nobody daily. wanted to work. Yeah. After Nobody once COVID was, was really, over, it really worst time for us. Yes. So that was the case here too. And you, I mean, here's the thing about Rosholi is you have a reputation. Absolutely. We have a reputation and people, the period doesn't expect that we were open, but we try to continue our service in any case. Yeah. So you were telling me before we came on the air, you were telling me that you, what you had to do was literally find people who were absolute beginners absolutely who, yeah and then and then to train them from square from, one exactly isn't that really the, the, be the best way to get really high quality help i think so yeah i think so this is the best way to create the shade of the employee you want to have interesting yeah so i sat there and i had this meal and i was and i'm not kidding you honestly tomas when i say this i some of the things that i tasted i just i I don't know where I ever tasted anything like that. The breads especially, there's something secret about that bread. Anything, everything happened with the bread. It, it really is the key to everything, right? Yeah. The bakery is... The oldest place, yeah. We started with the yeah. bakery, yeah. I'm only going to say, once you've had this bread, you're never going back to anything else. <laughs> Thank you right. so much. Yes. Then I had wines and I had a couple of a couple of different wines, but they were Tuscan. Yeah. One was, was uh, what, Tuscan one was, one was about Piemonte area. One was Sangiovese. And all the next one, it was a Barbera. That was a Barbera. Yeah. So the thing that's interesting about dining here at your restaurants is that you're serving wines from all over Italy, which is interesting because if you go to other regions, Italians are very regional minded. And so if you're in Puglia, don't, you're not going to find Abruzzo wines there. 
And but here in Rome, it's a little bit different, isn't it? You'll drink anything here, of course, because it's a multicultural city. That should be the city slogan. Yeah. Welcome to Rome. We'll drink anything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you have a do you have a particular favorite region where wine is concerned or do you just love them all the same and it just depends on the mood you're in? What, what, how do you feel about it? But I love the Tuscany wine. I love the Sicilian wine too. Yeah. Uh, I have part of my origin from Sardinia. I know very well the wine from Sardinia that are particular, totally different from the other wine as well. Uh, they are very nice too. For me, Tuscany is still the best production. Hold that thought for a second. Area. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to be right back. We are talking to Tomas Borge, manager of the Ruscioli Cafe. And it's one of a whole complex of businesses here in Rome. It's got a reputation like it's as good a reputation as you're going to get in the culinary and wine world. If you're coming to Rome, I suggest plan some things to do in the area where Rosholi is at and come at breakfast time and breakfast enjoy time. some of the easy, amazing time. <laughs> I was, you know what? See, now you're pushing it, Tomas, because I was going to just go for two meals. All right. Okay. I thought three would be pushing it. That's okay. If you, as long as you take good care of them for all three meals. All right. Are you here for three meals? No, for three meals, actually. Not okay. In that place. So you're gonna pawn these. You're gonna pawn my listeners off on somebody else. <laughs> okay. All right. We're gonna be back right after this. Hang with me. For the past year and a half, I've been surrounded by awesome Italian wines. But if you want to experience Italy's finest, you don't even have to leave your neighborhood. Thanks to Total Wine and more. Just arriving straight from Tuscany, they've got the new St. Giorgio wines from the remarkable Castellani family. For 120 years, the Castellanis have been dedicated to the craft of traditional Italian winemaking, producing top quality wines at incredible values, like the Vino Nobile with a 96 point rating. It does not disappoint. And with bottles starting at just $9.99 and more varietals with near perfect scores, we can all enjoy Italy's best for much less. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. And drink responsibly. Be 21. At MM Organics, we're surrounded by health nuts. That's because we're obsessed with lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, and the risk of cancer. We want to make weight loss easier and help you strengthen everything from your heart to your teeth, nails, and hair. Full disclosure, those health nuts are actually dry-farmed heirloom certified organic raw walnuts. Rich with essential vitamins and nutrients, they're vastly superior to other nuts. Imagine, walnuts can actually lower stress and boost your brain power. No wonder MM Organics customers are so darn smart. MMorganics.com is where you'll find our uniquely irresistible raw walnuts, walnut butter, oil and flour, sprouted flavored walnuts, and decadent fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, which pair beautifully with our legendary two horse port style wine. MMorganics.com eating any other nuts is just plain nuts. The only thing that Mendocino County winemaker Greg Graziano can't tell you about wine is how many different choices he makes. It's somewhere between dozens and cowabunga. Artisans like Greg don't count, they create. Did Da Vinci or Michelangelo take inventory? 
Let's just say that Italians like Greg can easily get carried away, especially when it comes to food and wine. Great wine is in Greg's DNA. His immigrant grandparents started making Mendocino wines in the early 20s, and despite being the head honcho of the much-beloved Graziano family of wines, Greg is just a humble, lovable guy. When you play in the dirt all day, you can't help but be down to earth. Ask your wine cellar for Graziano wines, or just visit GrazianoFamilyOfWines.com. They've got five different brands. Why? Well, because Italians tend to have big families. Life is just more fun with a Graziano at your table. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. And I, you know what? Today I met my new best friend. <laughs> he has such a good attitude and he runs one of the best restaurants you're ever going to walk into. I think if you want to just hang out with somebody and have a really good time or just have somebody that's just going to make sure that you are well taken care of, that's going to be Tomas Borge at Trolley Cafe. And have you been here since the cafe started? Is that yes? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the Rusholi brand has gone through a lot of changes. Gone through, yeah. Of course. Since you've been here, right? Yeah, of course. Some expansion. Expansion at all. We are opening in New York City soon. So you're opening up a Rusholi in Soho. Exactly. But you're not going to be going over there because you're... Uh, no. Uh, I'm not going over there at the moment. I have to manage the place here at the moment. I think I'd try to get a, a trip to New York out of them, maybe. <laughs> but uh, no, you know what? Honestly, it's like... What could be better than where you are right now? Rome is an amazing city, is it not? You haven't always lived here, but don't you, when you get up in the morning, just go, oh my gosh, this place is so amazing. Exactly. Rome is a beautiful historical city, and this is our mm, focus of business place at the moment. Do you get inspired when you see what people created even though they didn't have the tools and the technology that we have today, and yet they created these just unbelievable things. At all. That's it? That's yeah. all you're going to give me? <laughs> no. What do you mean? Don't you get up and go, wow? Uh, you know, what? Oh, let me ask you this, okay? Please. What is it in Rome that most makes you go, wow? This is, what blows your mind here? I think it is the city, the historical, the history about what is behind everything in any corner of the city. There's something I, there, crazy. There's more corners than you can. I was mentioning this earlier when we came down into the this cellar here that the can you imagine how many secret rooms and tunnels that have not even been discovered yet? Exactly. Romance magic. That doesn't that happen? That happens all the time, right? That they go, oh, we found another little secret passageway. But I read about stuff like that. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. All right. So you're a guy who works in food every day, food and wine, okay? Yeah. So we're going to just imagine, all right? We're going to have a little pretend, make-believe thing here, okay? Okay. All right. So you are inviting me and some friends, let's say, over to your house for dinner. Right. Okay. And first of all, do you cook? Uh, at all. I love it. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Okay. So we're going to go to your house for dinner and right. you want to, I don't want to use the word impress me, but you want 
to share the most magical experience, food and wine-wise, that you possibly can. There's so much amazing, great food in Italy and wine, but you want to hit a home run. I'm sorry, I'm using baseball language, okay? (laughs) You know what that means, hit a home run? Yes. Okay, good. All right. So you want to hit a home run. Right. What are we, what What, is going to be on that table? On the table can be, of course, if you are, if we are in Rome, we can have an amazing pasta, traditional that it will be matriciana or carbonara for sure. I'm going with, I'm going with carbonara. <laughs> you, you know that I've been here for the whole week and I haven't had any. Really? No. Ow. In Why fact, you didn't call me? <laughs> I went to your restaurant. That's the reason I didn't have any. I ate so much. All right. Then I'm like, no, I was going to go out for it. And, and I just said, yeah, better not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's the most delicious food though, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're big yeah. fan. Yeah, big fan okay, of it. Okay, so we're going to have carbonara. Okay. Okay. All right, what else? And uh, polpette. Okay. Polpette is a classic name of meatballs. Everybody know about it. But it's very traditional uh, place in home kitchen. My mom, my grandmother used to do at home. It's made with, with beef, of course. Some Parmesan cheese. Raisin is a secret recipe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's and, raisin in there, huh? Okay. Yeah, and some bread. Okay. So... And then you saute the meatballs? Yeah, we, you sorted, yeah. And we, then you add the, the sauce, the sauce exactly, yeah. Exactly, okay. Exactly. So what's the sauce? Is it the sauce pretty traditional? Traditional with tomato. And uh, you have okay. to cook very slowly? Very slowly for a long time. That's really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Is there anything else? <laughs> if we go with some side, we have we can do the carciofi, the artichokes. Yeah, artichokes are big in Italy. They're we, really big in Italy. I don't yeah. think that... that People outside of Italy know just how important they are to the cuisine. <laughs> very huge, yeah. yeah and yeah, I would say yeah. also olives are exactly very important as well. Yes, yes. Okay? Yes. The artichokes, are, are we just going to cook the heart or is it going to be the whole plant? No, just the heart of it. You have to clean, you have to cut and discard all the um, heart part of it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is a style to cook it that is called a so Roman way artichokes. Because okay. I get no pleasure out of trying to eat an artichoke one leaf at a time. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know what it reminds me of? It's like the gambari. Okay. The little ones. Yeah, yeah. Like the, of course, I live near the Adriatic Sea and they have the little small gambari and there's no meat in those things. They're all, all. it's all work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you you get into it and you get into the tail and you go, that wasn't any fun. (laughs) That was like, that was no fun at all. No. (laughs) I'm going to drink some more wine. Yeah, artichokes, you can keep artichokes. Yeah. But there's, I tell a little joke. I don't know if this is going to translate into Italian. Okay. An artichoke is in the thistle family. It's a thistle. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. I always say that you can repeat this joke if you want to, okay? (laughs) You might want to just say it to an American, all right? English will probably get it as well, okay? All right. It goes like this. The joke is, what did the first person who cooked an artichoke say? Okay. What did the first person who cooked an artichoke say? He said, this'll be good. Did you get the joke? Yes, I understand. This'll be good. This'll be good, okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> you tell that to Americans. They're going to laugh. They're, Tomorrow, you know, there'll be somebody who will be an American who, yeah. you tell that joke, I guarantee you, they're going to be laughing. <laughs> if you don't pull it off correctly, call me, and I'll we'll work on the joke a little bit. It's a really funny joke, okay? <laughs> For Americans. For Italians, not so much. Okay. <laughs> all right, what about 
about wine? What about I wine? can't even talk. What wines are... See, I'm already loaded and I haven't even been to your house yet. Yeah. Okay. So. okay. About the wine, we can bring a nice Cesanese. Cesanese. Cesanese, yes. This is local grapes. See, Cesanese sounds like it means something else too. <laughs> okay. Would you like some wine? No. Cesanese. I don't know. Anyway, hey, listen, thanks for being on. You're a lot of fun guy. You, you could you so be much. the co-host, right? <laughs> Thank you so much. I don't know what we would call the show, but it was nice having you here. Rosholi is, you know what? I'm not going to even give you an address. You just get to somebody who knows how to get around Rome and tell them you want to go to Rosholi. All right, that's going to do it for Grape Encounters today, gang. My thanks to Tomas Borge. That's a big, powerful name, Borge. Borge, yep. Is it Borge? I'm saying Borge, but it's Borgi. Borgi, yeah. Borgi, exactly. Borgi, yes. Okay, it's Borgi. Anyway, powerful name. Big, tough, powerful Italian guys were named Borgi. Thank you. Thank you. You could have been a tough guy. You probably are a tough guy, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. We're not going to talk about that. All right. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. Thanks to everybody at Rosholi. We had a really good time here doing a little extra, giving it a, a little extra love here because some places just deserve more love than others. And all of you listeners deserve more love than the other listeners. We're not talking about them. We'll see you next week.